Brandon Burlesworth was a walk-on. He had dreamed all his life of playing for Arkansas Razorbacks, of being a Razorback. He didn't have the giftedness. He didn't have the talent. But he walked on. And he pursued the dream of a lifetime and became the first walk-on in Razorback history to earn a master's degree while he played football as a starter and became first-team All-American. Brandon Burlesworth was a child of God, a dedicated Christian man with great standards, high standards, and a tr- had a tremendous testimony of faith during all the time that he played for Arkansas, right up into the time he was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts and declared a starter for a pro, foot, pro football team, but was killed before he ever played a game. Despite the end of that story, his testimony, his passion still stands. He lived his Christian life and pursued his dream of playing football. No reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. Passion. That is our message This week, our series for the month is passion. No reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. We are in 2 Peter chapter 1 because again and again in the book of 2 Peter, Peter uses the term. In the King James Version, it's diligence. But Gerald, to me, diligence has this, brings this idea of just putting your head down and slogging through something and just keeping at it. I don't think that's what Peter's talking about. And I know, Joe, that's not the life that Brandon Burlesworth led. It was a life of passion. And I believe the message for me from 2 Peter is to have a passion for Jesus Christ. I talked last week about the basis of that passion. It's not just worked up feeling. It's not something, Alice, we just have to to get ourselves. It is something that's based on the faith that we have in God. Chris, it is because of the Holy Spirit of God that lives in us, and because He is in us, He gives us a passion for our calling from God, the basis of our passion. This week I want to talk with you about the progress of, of our passion. Second Peter chapter 1, beginning verse 5 for today. For this very reason, here it is again, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent, there it is again, to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we're talking about growing. We're talking about the progress of our passion. That there should be progress in our lives. That we should be growing in our faith, in our knowledge, in all the areas that he talks about. We need to be growing. Are you growing? You see, one of the things that comes out in the verse, and yeah, I skipped down. Uh, I, I wanted to do the negative first. Jimmy, I didn't, I didn't want to start with the positive and then go negative. I'd rather start, get the negative out of the way. You know what I mean? And, and so let's talk about the problem we have in our progress. And it is a prog- problem of stagnation. I have spent a significant part of my ministry, about 22 years, dealing with pastors and missionaries, people in ministry. And I know that in the pews of the church I pastor, oh wait, we don't have pews anymore, we have chairs. But nevertheless, in my congregation, I know that there are people who have come to the Lord, they've made commitments to God that they're not keeping, they're not growing. I hope that doesn't represent you. If it does, then let's talk. Let's, let's get moving. Let's, but I can tell you that even on, among pastors and among missionaries, David, there are men who are just marking time. There's no passion anymore. They're just holding on. Listen to me. It's like swimming against the current. If you, Tony, if you go out and you're swimming in the Arkansas River against the current, if, if you quit going, trying to go forward, I mean, just trying to go forward, you may be staying still, right? But what happens, Tony, if you quit stroking, you quit kicking? You're going backwards. Listen, let me say to you that if you are not striving to make progress in your Christian life and in your growth, you're not standing still. You're going backwards. He talks about that. He says, for whoever lacks these qualities, now we're going to talk about the qualities in a minute, is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. So, those who lack those qualities are ineffective. He uses that word. They are ineffective. That means they are useless to God. You're, you think you're marking time, and you are, I hate to say, but it's there. Useless. When God looks at you, someone for whom He died, is He getting benefit out of you? He died for you. What is He getting out of you? Are you serving Him? Are you living for Him? Or would God call you useless. I tell you, when I get to heaven, Pam, I, I want to hear God say, well done, 
good and faithful servant. I don't want to be considered ineffective and useless. I want to be the best pastor. I know this is ridiculous to even think or say. I'll be honest with you. I want to be the best pastor that Faith Baptist Church has ever had. I want to be the best servant that Jesus Christ has had in this place at any time, anywhere. I want to be effective for the church and for God. The problem with stagnation is that you become unfruitful. Now the scripture uses that term, unfruitful, but what it means is unproductive from God's view. Unproductive in God's view. Now that doesn't mean you're not accomplishing that there are no results. What it means is the results you're getting are your results and not God's. That in His view, you are being unproductive. And listen, I can have all the goals and all the ambition I want, but if it's not God's calling for my life, and if I'm not doing it for His honor and His glory, I am, in His view, unproductive. Are you productive? The other thing it says that we're blind. We're so short-sighted. And I thought I would remember the technical name for that, but I've forgotten it, and you probably would not be suitably impressed if I remembered it. But nevertheless, uh, we're so short-sighted, we can only see... Boy, this is a... Man, this is a terrible time. It just popped into my mind. It's a terrible time to use this example. We can only see the nose on the end of our face. It's okay. Go ahead and laugh. I know that there's a, there's a bandage there. It's okay to laugh. Uh, better to laugh than to cry. And you pray for the healing of the surgery site that I don't have to have uh, plastic surgery. But we can, we can be so self-centered, Bobby, all we see is us. And we don't see anything else. And what we need, desperately need, is a heavenly perspective. We need to be able to look at life the way God does, and see things the way He sees them, a heavenly perspective. The problem also is that we're forgetful. We forget that we've even been saved. We forget the commitments that, have, that we have made. I tell you, I've, I've told several people already that I may die of COVID without ever having the virus. Because the situation we're in, Alice, is killing me as a pastor. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do what I need to do and be who I need to be to you under these circumstances. And the thing that I hate the most, and I'm being very transparent with you this morning, is there were some young couples that I had come to love was loving having the opportunity of pouring into their lives. And I have not seen them for four months. There are others who have come and they've made commitments. And we have not seen them since COVID began. How long, Kim, does it take to establish a habit or to destroy a habit? Well, I can tell you it only takes half of that four months to form a new habit or to destroy an old habit. 
And when you are told for four months you're not supposed to be in church, you can protest, you can go to Walmart, you can do all these other things, but don't go to church. And you may not like me saying it, but I'm just sharing my heart. At what point does protection become persecution? I'm dying for those young couples, for those who've made commitments, and they are forgetting them because of the threat that we're under. Don't forget God. Don't forget what He's done for you. And don't forget the commitments that you have made. Instead, serve God with passion. No reserves. No retreats and no regrets. I've talked about the danger of stagnation. I want to talk about the path of progress. And that is, the Jimmy, that's the positive side. If you think I'm picking on Jimmy a lot this morning, I hadn't seen his face for a while, and I am glad to see you and Andrea present. We do, uh, thank you. We do understand, and we're glad to have you guys back. The path of our progress is clearly laid out. He says, for this very reason, there it is, passion, make every effort possible to supplement, that is, add on to your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Now, I, I want you to understand that the way this is laid out, someone described it as a, as a, banque, a banquet, a buffet. It's not, Roger, that you, when I have this one, when I have faith, and I'm sure that I got faith, then I add to that virtue. And then when I've accomplished virtue, then I add to that knowledge, and it's one after the other after the other, like climbing steps. Sheila, that's not the way it is. It's a buffet. And you're supposed to have some of all of it. Isn't that what you do when you have a buffet? A little bit of everything? Well, well this is in increasing amounts, some of all of it. We're supposed to be growing in all of these areas, possessing and owning a part of all of it in increasing amounts. So what is that path? What do we look like when we're growing? Well, for one thing, we have faith. We talked about that last week. In case you wonder why I'm not preaching about faith, did that last week. We, we add to our faith virtue, which is moral excellence. Moral excellence. I want to challenge all of you and challenge you as a church. Let's do things at Faith Baptist Church with excellence to the glory of God. Let's let our passion be reflected in the quality of our efforts for Jesus Christ. Not for the glory of Lynn, the pastor. Not for the glory of Faith NLR. Not for the glory of you, but for the glory of God. Let's do things with excellence. And let's make sure, kids, that 
in our lives. We're living with moral excellence. You're not going to be taught that in school. You know that? That standard is not set. But it is the standard, Zach, that God sets for us to live with moral excellence. Well, you add to your virtue knowledge. That is, as I talked about last week, full knowledge, experiential knowledge of God the Father through Jesus Christ. It's not a matter of knowing facts and figures or even memorizing verses. Now, praise God for those of you who've taken my challenge to read the Bible, those of you who've taken my challenge to memorize scriptures, but we're talking about knowing God, knowing Him powerfully and knowing Him personally. Yeah, I dare use the term knowing God intimately. Come to truly know Him. Add to all of that. Not one after the other, but all at the same time. Just add one more dish to the buffet, David. And that is self-control. The Bible has a great deal to say about self-control, and Proverbs is the textbook of boundaries. Proverbs is the textbook of self-control. Proverbs says a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Self-control. Have you learned how to be in control of yourself to make right decisions? Add self-control. Add to that, along with that, steadfastness. Uh, I could just as easy, some translations say perseverance. Steadfastness means the ability to endure that is to go through something and still be faithful no matter how difficult the circumstances are. To serve God in all circumstances, no reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. Steadfastness. Add to that godliness. We talked about godliness last week. <clears throat> I'll just sum it up by saying it is a life Okay, it is right relationship with God, right relationships with men, women around you, and righteous decisions for the glory of God. In short, it is a life that reflects God's glory. It is not being a God. It is living for God and living for His glory. Add to godliness brotherly affection. Andrew, that is Philadelphia. What is Philadelphia? The city of brotherly love. And the love that it's talking about here is phileo love. It is a kindness, of a friendship kind of love. It's just being nice to other people. I've said many times, Rodney, that Baptists, some of us just need to learn to be nice. Because Baptists sometimes are not nice. We just need to be nice. How do you treat people around you? That means be nice to others. Brotherly love, be nice. But add to that brotherly affection, love. Now, while brotherly affection uses the phileo, the friendship, the kindness word for love, 
This word is agape. It is the love that is the love of Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. It is self-sacrificing love, not self-serving love. Is your life and are your relationships characterized by self-sacrifice, by caring more for others than you care for yourself and giving yourself to God and to others? Listen, we need to be passionate about growing. The, the NET in their, one of their footnotes gives an idiomatic translation of verse 8. And he says, For if you claim ownership of these virtue, and I, virtues, and I like this, in progressively increasing amounts, then, and that, that's sort of the next point in the sermon, but I like that. Listen, it's time now. For you, for me. By the way, can I say this? <clears throat> Too many times when we listen to a preacher, whether it's online or in person, we have a tendency to listen in order to be entertained. I'm not here to entertain you this morning. I'm probably not entertaining. We listen with a judgmental attitude to see, is he a good preacher or not? Well, I can tell you in my case, the jury's still out. And that's really not what this is all about. I'm not, guys, Becky, I'm not one of those preachers who says, now don't take this personally. I want you to take this personally. I'm talking to you don't shovel it over your shoulder to the person behind you because we took the row out and there's nobody there. Take it personally. It's time to get over the stagnation in our lives and to begin to grow again. How long will we stay still and stagnant and just be here and not passionate for God and not growing for God. Listen, if you're passionate for God, then you'll be growing. And it's time to ask ourselves, do I possess these qualities that Peter is talking about that is characteristic of someone who is passionate for God? No reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. We're really growing, our passion will also be growing. Well, we've talked about the problem of stagnation. We've talked about the progress, the path of progress. But he gets finally to the promise of reward. I keep looking to see how many of you are actually using those worship guides. Can I encourage you when you come in next Sunday, if you don't have one now, I see a few pens scribbling, and I'm doing a lot of talking right now, so you have time to fill out the blanks. But can I encourage you? Do you know that your hand is connected to your heart? That's why we put those worship guides out with the notes that you can fill in. For those of you online, you can download those notes and fill in the blanks as you listen. 
Your hand is connected to your heart. Listen, I need you to understand, there's a promise in these verses if you're willing to grow and for your passion to grow. There's a promise of reward. He said, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent. There it is. Diligence, making every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. I have a quote from Warren Wearsby who said about verse 11 where it says, Never fail. He says, People who fail to grow usually fail in everything else. Wow, that's heavy. People who refuse to grow or fail to grow usually fail in everything else. But God says, if you will be diligent, if you'll have a passion to confirm your calling by growing in these things and having these characteristics, you'll never fall, you'll never stumble, you'll never fail. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Todd, that's where I got the idea of reward. To me, that is a promised reward. There will be a rich and abundant entrance provided for us. That is a parade welcoming us home when we get home to heaven into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Andrea, I like the fact that it says it's rich. That means it's abundant. That doesn't mean, you know, we've come home from the foreign field a lot of times. And I remember only a few welcomes. Um, My armor bearer is the back of the room. You can ask Walter Prouty what that means armor bearer. He is my armor bearer. He has my back. He has my front. He is my partner in ministry, and I praise God for him. But he and his kids welcomed us one time home from a trip. I don't remember, Brenda, where we were coming from, but I'll never forget the welcome those kids gave us. You would think we were their grandparents that they hadn't seen in years. They hugged on us, they loved on us, and said, welcome home. Listen to me, there's coming a welcome if you are sold out for God. If you have a passion for God, no reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. There is a welcome, a grand entrance with abundant reward waiting for you in heaven. A promised reward. That sound good to you? That sounds good to me. Not only is it a rich reward, it is an eternal reward. Our reward in heaven can never fade away. You don't have to worry about inflation. Charles, Nancy, you've lived on the foreign field. You don't have to worry about the exchange rate. Nobody else here, unless you've lived in a foreign country, you don't understand what the exchange rate means to you. Whether you can eat, whether you can buy groceries or not, or pay the rent or not, depending on the inflation or deflation and the exchange rate. 
Uh, well, okay, so the Bible doesn't talk about it that. It talks about moth and rust corrupting. Our reward is an eternal reward waiting for us in heaven. And then our reward is a reserved reward. You don't have to worry about somebody else getting your reward. You don't have to worry about whether you'll get it or not. You know God keeps good records. Alan, He sees what we do, and He knows who deserves the reward, and we never have to worry, Pam, about somebody else getting our reward. I'm not saying that we're working for that and that that's our motivation, but on the other hand, it's motivational to me. To know that there is a reward waiting for me in heaven, and it's mine. God's going to give it to me. It's rich, and it is eternal, and it is reserved. It is provided for you. It's reserved for you. Listen, my point is this. You need to grow in your passion we live in discouraging times. Would you be... I didn't get any amens, by the way, for that. You've been particularly silent today. Um, that's okay. Preach anyway. But would you at least nod your head and say, these are challenging times. And it's easy to be discouraged. Did you ever think that maybe this is the test that God has for Pastor Lynn. He wants to see if my passion is real or not. Did you ever think that this is the test of your faith to see whether you will be faithful or not? Maybe this is what God has sent our way in order to challenge us to grow to grow in all those ways that I talked about, the path of progress. But bottom line, grow in our passion and our commitment to God. No reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. Where are you? I don't mean where you're sitting. I mean, where are you with God? How committed are you? Do you know Him? Have you come to Christ for salvation? I would especially ask our guests, because I don't know. I haven't had the chance to get to know you, to ask you. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? I, I don't see anyone in the crowd who would not understand what I mean when I say that. Do you know the Lord? Listen, if you've never accepted Christ as Savior, to those who watch on the video, because I never know for sure who's there, do you know the Lord? Has there been a time in your life when you have come before God realizing that you're not good enough to make it to heaven, and you never will be, and you recognize that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that He offers you the free gift of eternal life. But to receive that gift, you have to receive Christ. You have to confess that you are not good enough. 
You have to believe that He is the Son of God, that He died for you. You have to believe that if you call upon Him, He will save you. And you have to do that. You have to call upon Him in faith, repenting, believing. Have you done that? Why not now? There before the screen, there where you are, here in this auditorium, come to Jesus. Come to Him now.